deep left into the bleachers. A two-run homer. A swing and a miss. Ball game. Liftoff. And history marches on. 22 consecutive wins. From the sports desk of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. This is Leading Off with Ryan Lewis, a podcast on the Cleveland Indians. Santana makes the catch! Ball game! The Indians have won the American League pennant! The Cleveland Indians are going to the World Series! Now, Ryan Lewis and Dan Kadar. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is Dan Kadar and I'm joined, of course, with by Ryan. Ryan, how are you today? I'm doing great. How's it going, Dan? Very, very good. We are here at basically what is the quarter point of the season for the Indians. They have played 39 games as of this recording. So today on the podcast, we are going to kind of look back over the first quarter of the season and kind of give some thoughts on where the Indians are, what they're doing, biggest surprises, disappointments, and kind of where they stand right now as a team. Um, Ryan, let's, let's kind of get this going. Um, we, we said at the start of the season, this was a team that was all pitching, questionable offense. It's kind of what we've seen so far through 39 games where the Indians are, you know, second place in the AL Central, fifth place in the American League record-wise. What is, what's your biggest surprise of this season so far, though? I think the biggest surprise for the Indians uh, it's actually a, a positive one for them, and uh, I, you know, you, you could say Carlos Santana being um, easily the the most consistent producer in that lineup from opening day until now, and uh, for the first couple of weeks of the season, uh, one of the hottest hitters in the American League. But but I think the biggest surprise uh, has, has actually been the bullpen as a whole. Uh, you know, because this was a unit that you you went into the season with the bullpen and the outfield as as the two units on the roster that you looked at as it was sort of long on question marks and short on track records, and it was it was pretty unclear which way things would go, and um, you know they certainly could go either way. But for the most part, this bullpen has been pretty stable, you know, as of as of this recording. So through you know the week of May 12th, uh, the Indians bullpen is sixth in baseball in, in F4, and uh, you know sixth and fifth. So it's been one of the better units overall. Um, Brad Hand has has been as advertised from when he was. Uh, acquired from San Diego last summer. Adam Simber has been much closer to advertise than what the Indians got at the second half of last year. Mm-hmm. Nick Rick- Wickren has come up and really been tremendous, been much better than expectations, and he's he sort of found his place in this bullpen. Uh, Tyler Clippert hasn't hasn't pitched a lot, but in the few innings that he's been with the Indians, he, he's been pretty good. And you know, all all of those guys have really uh, Given manager Terry Francona uh, some solid options to kind of bridge the gap to Brad Hand, and you know it's a unit that is becoming more and more important uh, once once the Indians' rotation started to sort of be ravaged by injuries. And you know the, the good news for the Indians is that you know they keep getting good news with Mike Clevenger, uh, positive reports in terms of his progress and uh, his the, the possibility that he could be you know returning from the injured list closer to his June seventh. Uh, uh, date in terms of when he would be eligible to do so, um, and then Corey Kluber they're still waiting on. But as as this rotation has been beaten up, the bullpen's kind of become even more of a focal point. And the Indians are fortunate that they've they've gotten those performances. And uh, you know, even going to Tyler Olson and Dan Otero have been 
you know, for the most part, pretty solid as options, and uh, have, have pretty done for the most part pretty well to kind of extend that bullpen. Um, you know, now Ali Perez, Neil Ramirez, John Edwards, guys like that have have struggled a bit this season. It hasn't been, you know, across the board a positive report, but for the most part, when you're entering this season with with quite a few questions in terms of track records and how things might plan out. So far, the bullpen has has done well to kind of stabilize some of the some of the issues uh, around the rest of the roster, and especially in that starting rotation. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I'm glad you mentioned Whitgren. You know, he's kind of a guy that they just grabbed during the spring, and he's played really well. Like my my feeling about the bullpen, Ryan, when I watch baseball games, is what feeling do I get when a pitcher goes out there? Like when Adam Simber goes out there, I still get a little uneasy. He's he's come around since he had a couple of rough outings a couple of weeks ago. But like when Whitgren's on the mound, it's just like calmness. I feel like it's like okay, this guy's this guy's gonna get it done. He's been good. I'm a big Brad Hand fan. <clears throat> Excuse me. If the if the All Star game was happening right now, I really wonder if he'd be the Indians' representative. Like I, I know Trevor Bauer might get the nod there, but boy, Brad Hand has been <clears throat> really good. He's got 11 saves this year. You know, his whips under one, he he's really good. I, I'm looking back on that deal. I I think the Indians did pretty well getting him and Simber in that deal. So far, yeah. I mean, it's been it's been a pretty positive return, and just with how this this offense has struggled to to really find its its rhythm and its momentum, with how the side and rotation has been banged up, had this bullpen been faltering so far, uh, you know, it's that may be the the last thing keeping the Indians from. You know, sort of not being able to keep their head above water as the offense struggled, as they as they're dealing with injuries, um, they dealt with Lindor being out. Jose mm-hmm. Ramirez has been uh, struggling. He's been uh, picking it up over the last week or two, but while he was, uh, you know, still trying to kind of find his footing this season, had the bullpen faltered, this Indians team they they may be in in a lot more trouble than they already in right now. They are, or they could be, rather. Excuse me, but let's let's talk about some of these surprises on offense a little bit. You've touched on a few of them here and there. Here are mine, real quick. At least since May first, Jordan Luplo and Jake Bowers. Luplo since he got called up, and Bowers is just kind of getting more and more experience. You know, I, I know that Carlos Santana had a good start to the year. He's tailed off slightly in the last week or so. But Lundblow and Bowers are the two guys on offense, Ryan, that are kind of the surprises for me. Uh, Lundblow's hitting over 300 since he got called back up. Um, Bowers, I, I, he just looks really solid, like just a solid player. Um, th- those are my surprises for the offense. What, what about yours? Yeah, no, I, I think you uh, nailed it. You know, Jake Bowers was a guy that for a long time was was ranked pretty highly. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. among the 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 raised prospect system and you know there's there there was a reason for that he had he had quite a few uh, things to offer he had some some great stretches in the minors and and now that he's been called up you know last year was was his rookie season didn't quite go as planned but you know this being his first major league season the Indians acquired him as a long term piece that they have a pretty substantial amount invested in him and you know the hope was that he would be able to develop and kind of take those next steps on the fly. And you know, over the last couple of weeks, excuse me, over the last couple of weeks, he's he's really been able to do that, and it's a really positive sign for the Indians, stemming from that three-team trade with Seattle and Tampa Bay that, 
you know, Jake Bowers can produce and, uh, and solve one of those question marks that, that they have in the outfield. And Jordan Luffalo has looked like a man possessed since he was called back up. Um, you know, he and Tito both talked about how there, there seems to be a difference in his confidence level, you know, since, uh, since he was called back up. And those, those couple of weeks in AAA um, where he, he had a, an OBS of over 1,000, he was raking the entire time, which, which he's done before in AAA. He has, he has a pretty good track record mm-hmm. in the minors. Uh, you know, he seemed to kind of be able to, to reset himself. And, and, you know, one thing that he talked about after he came back, after his two-homer game uh, last week, was that, you know, it, it sort of sort of showed him that he doesn't have to be Francisco Lindor. He doesn't have to, you know, be that number two, number three hitter uh, in terms of, of, a, of a producer. He just needs to kind of take care of, of what's in front of him and, and uh, take what, what he's given not try to do too much and just kind of show what he's able to do. And now that he seems to be a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more confident, um, you know, he too uh, has really excelled. And, you know, for the Indians, this is his last option year. So one thing that, you know, we've talked about Oscar Mercado and his potential call-up uh, at some point this season. And, you know, Jordan Luplo re- received that promotion over him. And, you know, one of those reasons very well might be, you know, that the Indians need to figure out what they have in Jordan Luplo and, at least for the last couple of weeks, it's a really small sample size, but he's he's definitely become a more encouraging and intriguing option for the Indians. Yeah, he has, and that, that's kind of the something that the Indians can maybe, you know, pat themselves on the back about the, those couple trades there. Uh, they're starting to look okay finally, pretty solid. Ryan, any other kind of big positives, big surprises from the, the first quarter of the season here for the Indians we want to touch on quickly? I uh, just mentioned Carlos Santana. You know, he yeah. really had a, a focus on driving the ball up the middle of the field, which is something that he worked with the Indians hitting coaches on um, as sort of a, of a way to combat the higher number of shifts that he was facing. And it's, as uh, Ty Van Berkeley said, it's not about placing the ball or, you know, trying to Almost like a almost like a, a tennis forehand, you know, trying trying to just place it right on the line or anything like that. It, it's still about driving the ball in hard contact. It's also, you know, just about finishing higher and and wanting to use the entire field. And with that, you know, Santana has really excelled. And kind of like I mentioned with the bullpen, without Carlos Santana's production, you know, this team, uh, you know, could be in in some serious trouble. So he's he's certainly been a a, a positive sign for the Indians as a guy who. Is still driving the ball, is still getting on base, but he's also, you know, added a, a higher level of consistency in terms of production that he hasn't really had, and that's certainly been a, a, a boon for an offense that really needs it. Mm-hmm. And the other, the other solid piece to me was, was, you know, Jeffrey Rodriguez. I think in a, in a few starts here, he's he's proven himself pretty solid. Um, but boy, I, I really liked when you, <clears throat> excuse me, wrote up Santana and how he's kind of adjusting and and fixing his. You know, approach to swinging the bat. Basically, I wish it's something we would see with some of these other guys, which is what we're going to get into now. I think with the biggest disappointments of the season, of course, it's the offense. Um, you know, I, I I would love if you got to write a story about how Jason Kipnis or Jose Ramirez were adjusting their approach to an at bat like you did with Carlos Santana, because those two guys are, are big disappointments for me. Where, right. where do you stand on your big disappointments for the Indians after 39 games? 
Uh, you know, well, those guys would have to be uh, up there as two guys who are needed options near the top of the lineup or, or near the middle of the lineup. Uh, Kidness has really struggled. Yeah. You know, some that, <laughs> excuse me, he, uh, he also got off to a really, really rough start last year and uh, has sort of struggled to, to find his footing for the most part. Um, Jose Ramirez has, has shown some more positive signs recently. Yeah. Uh, the Indians don't seem as concerned about him. He's been putting their pitches outside the zone a little bit more and as he adjusts back from that should kind of be the hitter that the Indians know he can be. But for me, um, you know, I'd say that the, the biggest disappointment, and it doesn't necessarily mean that's a surprise, but the big, biggest disappointment for the Indians may have just been that the guys that they brought in on these, you know, low-risk deals, they're not going to cost too much, and it's not something where the Indians had to invest, you know, a great deal into. But in terms of Hanley Ramirez and Carlos Gonzalez, two guys that the Indians brought in to try to lengthen that lineup a little bit, mm-hmm. add some pop to the lineup, it just hasn't to date. It just hasn't really worked. Uh, Hanley Ramirez absolutely crushed two lasers for home runs uh, in roughly that first week of the season. But after that point, just kind of sort of fell off the map. Really struggled. Doesn't offer anything defensively, so the Indians had to move on. And with Carlos Gonzalez, he's been. He's been all right in stretches. He's he's made a couple of defensive plays. He is he's come through for this offense at times, but for the most part, you know, he's struggled. The average isn't where you want it to be. The you know, his slugging percentage is WRC plus. Uh, you know, he's he's just not where you, you really needed him to be. And the Indians as a pun, you know, the Indians needed to hit on a, <laughs> some of these guys to try to lengthen this lineup out without Michael Brantley, without Young Gomes. Um, and so it, it's just a matter of to this point, they haven't really hit on on those types of moves, and it's it's really costing them right now. Yeah, boy, talk about a disappointment! Not having Michael Brantley in the middle of this lineup is, is tragic. I mean, he's he's been incredible this season, and he, he's been red hot. For the yeah, Astros. yeah. It, if if he was batting second or third for the Indians, I think I think there would be a lot different outlook on the team this year. Unfortunately, that that's oh, not the sure. case. Yeah, yeah. Um, but boy, I'll tell you, no one's going to find a bigger Jason Kipnis supporter than me. But man, he has four RBIs this year. I know he was hurt. I know he's only played in twenty-two games. But man, four RBIs—that's that's bad. I mean, Jordan Luplo doesn't have that many either, and he's played in less. He's gotten a lot less at bats, but. Boy, Kipnis, I I don't know. I like I said, you're not going to find a bigger fan than me. But in what his probably his last season in Cleveland, it is not going well. Unfortunately, yeah, he, he's the glue guy, uh, you know. Um, yeah, and it's something where you know, if as long as he's anywhere near the the, the middle of the lineup, the Indians just flat out need need him to start producing. Uh, you know, their their you know resources in terms of how they can address this roster just aren't as substantial as other teams and they know that and they know that they're going to have to count on guys you know like this and you know with Kimmis' contract situation this will almost assuredly be his last year in Cleveland mm-hmm. barring something pretty pretty drastic uh, you know, but the Indians really need some consistency from him because um, without it I mean you can you can get by on some days with Lindor and Ramirez. You know, those are two superstar level guys. But for the most part, on a daily basis, the Indians are going to need some more. And 
to this point haven't really gotten it. Yeah, and look, he he's tied for the team lead in doubles with with six, which I know isn't a ton anyway. But when he's getting hits, they just don't matter, unfortunately. Um, so that that's kind of where the, this Cleveland Indians team stands on biggest surprises and disappointments, Ryan. Unless there's any more disappointments you want to touch on quickly. No, I just I mean I. I I think we kind of nailed it. Just they, yeah. You know, this this offense is just, especially the bottom part of the lineup, you know, we've talked about the the platoon disadvantage that the Indians are having right now and how they're trying to adjust to it. Um, again, Oscar Mercado is should be on his way fairly soon at some point this season, you know, barring something uh, unforeseen. But, you know, until then, the Indians are, are going to enter a lot of situations where they're going to have four or five left-handed hitters almost in a row with really only – either Roberto Perez or Kevin Pilecki breaking that lineup up. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's something that, um, you know, they're, they're going to have to kind of grind through for the most part. Yeah, and is the loser of that scenario with, with Mercado going to ultimately be Carlos Gonzalez, would you say? It's very possible. You know, the uh, Vignettes have seemed pretty intent on getting Tyler Naquin regular at bats or as much as possible. And it's yeah. something that, that Tito said around opening day with Naquin and Bowers. You know, they, they didn't want to view them as platoon hitters, even though the situations are going to call for it at times. But you know, they, they've seemed very intent on, on making sure that he stays in the lineup. And for the most part, he's been okay. You know, I, you know, I'm so bad. I've, I've mentioned Tyler Naquin so much just because he's had an option. And, and for a while, Carlos Gonzalez was hitting pretty well. So it, would, it just would have made sense due to things outside of his control. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but he's played pretty well. And at this point, yeah, if, if Carlos Gonzalez, you know, doesn't quite turn things around, he could be the odd man out just in terms of a platoon advantage, a, a versatility situation with with what Oscar Mercado could could offer. And uh, you know, it's it's possible that it, the Indians are nearing that point. Yeah. Hmm. So now let, let's let's answer this question through 39 games, basically the quarter turn of the season as the Indians get ready for a series against the Chicago White Sox. Where do the Cleveland Indians stand right now for you, Ryan? Oh, I think it's a close. I think, I think it's a pretty close race with, with the Minnesota Twins. Um, you know, the Indians are certainly certainly have their work cut out for them. They're, they're, I'd say they're in a bit of a trouble uh, in terms of their division standing. And it's a situation where for a couple of years, the Twins didn't take the step forward like like I think they thought they might, like a lot of people thought they might. And so the Indians had a situation where, you know, they had quite the cushion and it, it afforded them the ability to, you know, be cautious in certain situations or allow guys to kind of work things out on the fly without the same need for a sense of urgency. And that is certainly not the case this year. Uh, the Twins have been, you know, by record, the best or one of the best teams in baseball for most of the season. That offense is just crushing home runs left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nelson Cruz, uh, pretty much as we're recording this, uh, is getting an <laughs> MRI, um, so they'll they'll be waiting the results of that. But yeah, um, you know the the offense has has really excelled, and the Twins' starting rotation has, I think, by most accounts, uh, been much better than you know than what their expectations were, uh, what outside expectations might have been. They've gotten some great uh, outings consecutively, consistently from that rotation. And you, know, you look at it, certain guys, there are just times where guys will figure things out. They'll, they'll figure something out with their delivery. They'll start working with a new pitching coach. Uh, you, know, you can look to the Indians in terms of guys who have 
uh, you know, worked on a new pitch that has kind of opened up um, everything that they can throw, and, and you can now leverage things against that new pitch. Trevor Bauer did it uh, to kind of help propel him into that tremendous 2018 season that he had when he you know, went into the laboratory and, and basically created this slider that he used that became one of his best pitches. And then he and Shane Bieber over the offseason both worked out on their changeups. You know, Bieber needed a changeup to throw to lefties to kind of try to keep them off balance. So, you know, pitchers are always trying to take the kind of step forward that guys on the Indian staff have. And so far, uh, the Twins have just gotten great performances. They're rolling right now. It's a situation where, you know, most things, if not all things, have pretty much gone right in Minnesota. And a lot's gone wrong in Cleveland. And it's in, the Indians have kind of dug themselves a hole with that. Um, so, you know, they're, they're going have, to have a fight. They need to, um, speaking of the Indians, they need to, you know, stay healthy, which is nothing that you can try to do, but it's a situation where if the Indians have one or two more injuries to key spots, you know, they're they're nearing the point of really, really uh, struggling and enter, entering a situation that might be hard to climb out of, as long as the Twins keep playing like this at such a high level. Will they? Will things regress? It's possible. Uh, but, you know, this is, this is a divisional race uh, that the Indians haven't had in really since 2016 when they when they took down the Tigers and, and the rest of the division. And I uh, you know it's something that will likely go deeper into September. And, you know, that's kind of created a new dynamic for this Indians team. It is. And I, I'm fascinated to see where we're at closer toward the end of May, <clears throat> excuse me, because after this two game set with the White Sox in Chicago, the Indians have 11 home games in a row. They got a series against Baltimore, one against Oakland and one against Tampa Bay. Uh, who's kind of pretty similar to the Indians, really, in, in how they, they play all pitching and no offense. But I, I think that's going to be telling. The Indians have a chance here, Ryan, to go on a bit of a run, and then maybe by the time that 11-game homestand is over, maybe we'll be talking about Mike Clevenger being back a little sooner than expected. I don't know. It, all, all signs have been positive with him, like you mentioned. Yeah, which would be a, a huge boost to this rotation because as right. you know, as we've mentioned, Yefier Rodriguez has has been very strong in in his spot starts, pitching well above expectations or you know what you could have reasonably expected someone to do in that situation. Which you know, spot starts aren't necessarily the easiest thing to pull off uh, in terms of a, a routine and whatnot. Um, but finding that that fifth spot, you know, if Rodriguez is fourth, he's kind of had that covered. Finding that fifth spot is is another challenge. And so, Clevenger coming back. As, as early as June 7th or around that time would uh, would be extremely good news for the Indians, especially compared to his original timeline. Yeah, it will be. Ryan, anything else before we get out of here this week? I think we're good. One more episode of Game of Thrones before we, we're not tempted to spoil anything. So <laughs> it's, We're it's, almost there. It's so hard uh, for me, personally. But anyway... That is going to do it for this episode of Leading Off with Ryan Lewis. You can find all of Ryan's stuff over at Ohio.com slash Indians. He has a story up, really, that kind of goes into detail more about Oscar Mercado and what his future holds. He has a nice uh, write-up on Jordan Luplo and kind of uh, how he changed some things up after he got called back up or what he changed in the minors. Uh, it's good stuff. Again, Ohio.com slash Indians. Make sure you're following Ryan on Twitter. He's at by Ryan Lewis. But that's going to do it here on Leading Off. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll talk to you next week.